Welcome to the Power Unit Success Cast, the show where we push the limits to unlock our greatness. Each week, we dive into the world of real estate, business, and entrepreneurship to bring you stimulating talks, insights from movers and shakers, and the mindset to do more so we can become more. Let's get into this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Power Unit Success Cast. I'm Chasing J. Miles, and I thank you for being here. It's going to be an exciting episode. If this is your first time tuning in to our show. What we do is we just talk about life and entrepreneurship. So the struggles, the triumphs, the mindsets. I know a lot of you listening or watching this, you're in the real estate industry. But guess what? You can be more than just a realtor. Our theme is do the most. We always do more so that we can become more. And today, I got a serial entrepreneur on this show, so I know this is going to be an exciting conversation. This is our first time actually talking, right? Um, my assistant set it up, so I'm excited to get through to it. Look, all the questions that I'm going to ask and the things we're going to talk about, it's literally genuine interest. So I love when I do these episodes with people who I've never spoken with before, Today, I want to introduce you all to, again, a serial entrepreneur. He has a lot going on. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Mr. Michael Guiti. Yes, Welcome sir. to the show. What's good, my guy? How are you? Good to see you. Chilling? Good to see you. Yes, yes, yes. So this has been a long time coming. David, as you all know, um, has raved about you and my just guy. what you got going yeah. on. And he's my like, y'all got to... Y'all got to chop it up. Y'all got to talk and all that stuff. So I'm sure we got lots to talk about. Now, I know I talked about all your businesses. I mentioned them. Just do a quick rundown of what all you got going on. What all businesses do you have? What all you started? Okay. So I have OTJ Sportswear. Okay. It's a sportswear brand. I make clothes for the gym. Um, I have OG Drinks. A bottled cocktail brand. So I got a nice mixology and different flavors in the bottle with fruits and whatnot for the streets. I got my lawn care business in Atlanta, Georgia, specifically Latonia, Georgia. Got a, over 100 houses within a five-mile radius that I manage over there. And here in Dallas, I'm doing photography and videography the local businesses to help them promote digitally and just build revenue and just go crazy all around hustle man yeah. i love it yeah i'm i'm the same way i i've started man literally since i was a kid i used to bring snacks to school and sell them right and people laugh at this but you know when you're in grade school and there's that time of day where you done already had lunch, but then you still got the rest of the day. People get hungry, mm -hmm. right? I was the snack man. That's what's up. And, and supply and demand, I would charge a premium for these snacks. That's what's up. I would bring breakfast because most kids, they didn't get to school early enough for breakfast, but then lunch was a little ways away. Bringing snacks, bringing breakfast food. Mm -hmm. Like from a young age, and I've, I guess I just never stopped. Was it? Kind of similar for you, like, what was your childhood like? How did it lead you to being an entrepreneur today? Well, first of all, there was only one kid like that 
in my school that was doing what you was doing. Really? <laughs> so you in a league of your own. But I'm from the Bronx, and um, my mother, she moved my sister and I to Syracuse, New York, about when I was about eight years old. And um, we had to adapt to that. You know, we coming from fast life in New York City, being a city kid, to go upstate New York where it's a lot slower. We had to, I had to make new friends. I had to adapt. And, you know, I've gone to, you know, different schools. We had to test, you know, so I've had to adapt to, you know, kids and, you know, being different and stuff like that um, and just being in this new environment. And it just, it just came naturally just from doing that. You know, you got to go outside. My mother let me go outside. I go to the park, you know, play basketball. Hey, you want to play basketball? You know, can I play with you? And then I got to, and I play with them. And then they, okay, he can play. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know more about this kid, bring him around, whatever, whatever. And it just builds from there. Are there any other entrepreneurs in your family? No. Like, did you have that influence around you? Um, I didn't really, to be honest, so I have a cousin. His name is Eric, Eric Wilson. He is my um, my great grandmother's nephew, and um, I didn't really realize that he was doing his thing until after college, sorta. Of, so it was refreshing to know that. But up until then, it's just been me and you know, learning, just building on that. I got a few mentors who um, just kind of gave me a decorum, you know, the direction um, that I needed, people that I can look up to right in front of me. And they're entrepreneurs as well, you know, married, family. Um, you know, I go to them for advice when, you know, I'm going through anything in life, they're there, you mm-hmm. know. Um, if I really, like, really need anything, you know, and they, they put God first. So that, I want to say, was my biggest influence for sure going especially as a teenager going to college but when I was a teenager I danced professionally for Lil Mama I've done shows for Chris Brown and just going out in in New York Harlem the Bronx going to different parties showing your moves your dance moves I did BT on blast showcasing my talents I think that's kind of that kind of goes into play of like just showing what you got what you could do yeah you know what's interesting about what you just said, right? Because I was even thinking about my life and people on the outside looking in might think that those opportunities were just kind of handed to you or, 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 or they were just there. And as we're coming up and going through them, you know, we're just out there doing our thing, meeting people, like not really realizing what's happening, right? And a lot of people on the outside look and say, ah, that came easy for you or ah, you were you, you were just given that. Right. You just mentioned some big names that you have danced professionally from. But for but how did it get to that point? Or like, was it just the right place at the right time or were you doing something consistently? And then it's like it just happened naturally. Yeah. Like, man. It started on my block. We would just, you know, we would get light. The dance style we used to do is called Light Feet. We would get light, you know, and I just so happened to go to like a like a boat ride party that, you know, these promoters came by my summer school. 
and they was charging twenty dollars right then and there. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to this boat party. And I was like, what? I was sixteen, and um, I just was just around the right people. You know, you yeah. know how that go when you. It's like when you got a talent, but if you're not around the right people that can notice this talent and can help you, you know, function with this at the best possible way, you're never going to, you know, you're not going to, it's not going to go that far for you. You're going to be stuck in this box. You're going to be this gem that, that that wasn't really recognized like that. So I got lucky. I I, I didn't realize that when I was going to go to this boat park, I was going to be around the best dancers in New York City. I didn't know that, but I did. I went there and it was the best thing I ever did. So do you truly think that it was luck? Or it no, because you got to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> if you ain't nice, you that's your tribe. Yeah. They want you. You got to make it look like you belong. Right. So if you ain't got no moves that they could even say, all right, cool, whatever, whatever. You ain't you ain't gonna be around for too long. Right. Where do you think like people mess up with that? Because I feel like nowadays people get put in in the rooms and the the situations and there's opportunity there, but something takes place where it just doesn't happen. That's happened to me a few times, bro. Mm. That happened to me mad times. And yeah. I, I dropped the ball a couple times. And, you know, I think it, it could be a many things. You could be nervous. You could just not be prepared. Um, or you just, uh, it could be a many things. I, I know there were times where I was really nervous there were times where I just wasn't prepared enough for the moment. Um, I don't know, maybe, you know, there was like something unusual that might have happened to to block me from executing that. Mm-hmm. It could be a number of things. And then there was times where I just killed it. Right. Just flat out, just everything clicked. You in a zone. The timing is perfect. It's just. Where do you think the nervousness comes from? Are you not are you... being prepared? I think that I think that's what it is. Just the preparation, you know. You just not, you know. You didn't kind of, you know, build yourself up for that moment, you know. Because if you wasn't prepared and you killed it, I would consider that luck. You know, you didn't really, you know. It it just so happened to, you just so happened to boom, bam, bam. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. But for the most part, you got to be prepared. Got to be prepared to just to turn it on at a moment's notice, right? I mean, I know that we were talking about dancing and and things like that, but even on the business side, like on sales, we talk a lot about sales on this show, and it's like you got to already understand sales psychology, right? It's not so much about knowing exactly what to say. It's about knowing how this chessboard works, right? So that way you can see what next move you need to play, Mm -hmm. right? Because it can be hard to know exactly what to say or what to do in any situation. Mm -hmm. But that preparedness comes from you knowing the game, you knowing the opportunity, you knowing the task at hand Mm -hmm. and executing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So grew up in the Bronx, right? Did you grow up around money? No. No. Mm -mm. No. Did you... Or were you handed things as a kid? Like, were you handed, even today, businesses, were you handed things that you feel propelled you as an entrepreneur? Just my looks. Just your looks. <laughs> Just my looks, man. Look, and, 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 and I'm going somewhere with this because 
most of you know my story. I didn't come, I didn't grow up with money or anything like that. Even when I started my journey as a real estate agent, it got to the point my electricity was off at home. And I'm still going out there working, like mm-hmm. having no money. But I think it's interesting when people like us come from these environments and still make something out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I think the only thing that I can attribute it to is the way that I think, right? Or like the way that I... The mindset. Yeah. Yeah, like the way that I look at life or look at opportunity. I mean, is it the same for you or is it something else that you feel like says, hey, I don't have to be broke my whole life or I can get this if I want it? Facts. Yeah. Facts. You got to go for it. It's all about your mentality, your mindset. No matter where you go, you are who you are. It takes a lot of courage to be in sales, to be able to speak to people, to cold call you might not have no leads, but you got to go out. You got to put that product out there and, you know, and you got to give it the, the best way you can and, and provide great customer service. Sometimes you could sell something just from the relationship that you have, the customer service that you have. They could buy it just because of who you are and how you serve them. And they know they're going to get a way better service than someone else. You know what I mean? But how did how did you challenge the thoughts and maybe you didn't experience this but something that i experienced is people around me trying to lead me down the path that was historically handed down you're supposed to do this you're supposed to work here for this many years you're supposed to retire then you're supposed to like and i was the rebel right i was i was not doing that mm-hmm. and it didn't go over too well but I was breaking whatever was laid out for me. All that to say, I didn't have any influences around me that promoted building something of my own, Mm -hmm. right? And so I didn't know what I was doing, you know? Was it the same for you, or did you have cheerleaders? Did you have people in your corner saying, go for it? Well... I was a rebel too, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was a rebel too. I ain't even going front. My mom's, like, even being a dancer, coming in the house late as a teenager because you out there performing, that ain't, that's not part of the rules, man. You yeah. got to respect the, the rules of the house. But I believed in myself, bro. And I had people that was validating, giving me gratification from the, the stuff that I was doing. And it let me know where I was, where I was at. You know, it, it helped my self-esteem. And it helped me know, it like, it just was like, all right, you're not regular. So regardless of what's going on in that house or what your stepfather wants you to do or what your mother wants you to do, you got to believe in yourself and just keep going because you might miss that opportunity. You're going to miss that. So, yeah. You know. I want to ask you a question because I want to challenge a thought right quick. What do you feel is the difference between a belief and actually believing in something or yourself and just the thought. When you believe in something, bro, you go great lengths to see it through. You go great lengths. It don't matter what anybody talking about. They might be convincing and they might hit you with whatever realities or 
that they think that they can place on you. But when you really sit down by yourself and you really think like, nah, <laughs> it's in your gut. It's in your instinct. You can feel it. Like there's something telling you that you need to go get that, you know, regardless of anybody, whatever opinion anybody got on you, you can feel it. You know, that's the Lord telling you, you need to go. You need to go ahead. You need to go. You might, it's and it's a risk. You It might be a risk. You might make somebody mad. But that it's your vision, not theirs. Right. And luckily, these days, we're in this side hustle, entrepreneur culture, whereas before, it was kind of like, if you doing this or going down this road, you making stupid decisions. Right, like now you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Get a job, exactly. Go to school. Go get a job. Go to school. All of that. We've all heard it, and it it throws people off course. Right, like how how can you keep going or wanting to build something that you got in your heart that you believe in when society and everyone else around you mm-hmm. is telling you to do something else or is telling you to do it differently? There's a pressure there. Right. But mm-hmm. for me, I'll say that that pressure, it doesn't get to me. Nope. But Gangster. and maybe that's the difference in Gangster. like the true belief. Because you know? when you see it through. Was yep. I lying? Yeah. Now you was I lying? And that's when I'm a real estate agent. Around. I'm just do, 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 do. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that for a lot of people. Right. I saw no, I saw this video on, on Instagram. Rick Ross, and he was like, you should have seen the vision then. Mm. Facts. Yeah, yeah. And it's up to you. That's your responsibility to make sure that you see it through for yourself first. And then they could see it. And then, they, and they, you know, they could be like, yeah, he was right. Okay. Yeah, I say that people who don't see it through, it wasn't... It wasn't that true belief, you know. It was just a thought. It was just an idea. Like, for me, when I decided to go down this road, my electricity was turned off. The choice that I had was go out there and go get a job or figure something else out and still try to make this work. Mm. And I literally decided to go the hard route that didn't make sense. There was nothing telling me, oh, okay, go do X, Y, Z, and you'll get some money besides going to get a job. But I knew going to get a job was the plan B, and I didn't want to have a plan B. I only wanted this route, Mm -hmm. you know? And that takes a certain type of individual, you know? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But you ain't panic. You got your back up against the wall, and you... You put your, you connected your dots, and then you put that action to it, and you you had to figure it out. That's, you know, I got ADHD, so same. <laughs> they they um, there's this thing that I did research on, and they spoke on how we are the hunter gatherers in the society. Mm-hmm. So when it's time to go hunt, we're better at hunting than someone who could sit down and do their homework in the classroom. Yep. We're we're noticing other this that and the third left and right, and our flight flight response is a lot better than so somebody who doesn't have ADHD. Like, first of all, our society can't advance without creatives. Most people that have ADHD are creatives. Yeah. 
we can't advance. You know, you got to find new ways to survive, to hunt, how to fight off saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths. How are you going to figure out how to make this coat? You know what I mean? You need that creativity and you need somebody with the balls to do it. Somebody with that hyperactivity, you know what I mean? And, I, you know, I did a lot of research um, because I was trying to figure out, you know, you know, how do I function being ADHD? Everybody made it seem like it's such a disadvantage when it's really a superpower, you know? Like you, somebody, you know, when you got that fight or, that fight or flight response and you got your back up against the wall, you going into that hyper-focus to figure something out right then and there because you could work under pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I always think that there's multiple ways to get something done, you know. Um, and like you mentioned, maybe that's the creative side of me because everything is creative in my life. Creative financing, creative businesses, you know, just creative ways of doing things, even delivering this information. You know, there's a certain level of creativity, but it also allows you to think outside of the box. Think outside of yes, the sir. social norms or what everybody yes, else sir. is doing. Yes, sir. But, I, bro, I tend to be very rebellious, though. I mean, I'm that person. You tell me I can't do something, I'm going to ask you why. Like, literally, that's the next question. Why? Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw him do it. I see, I see you doing it. Why can't I do it? Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't have this, that, and the other. Well, so? Yeah, you, you bugging. Know? Like, why are you putting me in that kind of box? Why I'll me? figure out another way, yeah, you know? Like, bugging. And that was my mentality even growing up. It was kind of like, yeah, I want to sell this. Who told me I can't? Like, who told me I can't? It's not a rule written down. Like, like if you ever go to a, you ever go to a buffet or a restaurant, and you see everybody forming a line to get to a certain dish or something. Where is that rule? Where is that rule? Like, I will walk right up to, to what I want. Dog. I'm not still. Like, I ain't going to lie. I don't do lines. Yeah. I'm going to keep it a stack with nothing. you. I got to. Yo, excuse me. You got the. Yeah. You think I could. You feel me? Uh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. ain't waiting in no lines. I'm going to keep it a stack with you. Ask, yo. In high school. Yo, Miss. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? You, yeah. My way to no lodge, you yeah. crazy. I'm trying to maneuver. And I mean, even lines. Most most places that people are in lines, there is no rule or there is nothing written for that line. Like people just start forming. Like yeah. I gotta stand in this place. Yeah. I've never been that that type of person, you know. And, and it's, it's not. It's I, I I can't say that it's entitlement, you know, because you don't, you know, you're being rebellious. They would say that's the word that they would say that you're doing, but you're just society. finding a creative way to kind of push your envelope a little bit while everybody else is kind of like structured and boom, 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 boom. Like, And that's that's been one of my, I mean, you we can even call it a superpower. It's, it's challenging the social norms, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of these social norms are completely fabricated, make-believe, just made up. For sure. Right? To control you. To control you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I didn't control know we you. were going to go here. Mm-hmm. But, yes. And the control is real. But guess what, though? When shit hit the fan, 
Excuse my language. Nah, you got Excuse it. My language. You got it. And they need a solution quick because not everybody's perfect. You late. You got this situation. Guess who they go to? They need somebody with those quick solutions. If you late to the airport and you look over at that line and that thing is and you like, I'm supposed to be at the gate in 15 minutes. Yep. How can how can I creatively get to pass this TSA, get on that train, get to the gate in 15 minutes? Cause the Uber done messed up and I had to go through this and I had to wait to get my bags checked and da 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 da. Yep. Yeah, that's when it comes in handy, right? It oh, you does. want now you want to skip the line, right? It oh, does. okay. Oh, okay. Shoot, you roll up to them clear people. Y'all got a free trial? Oh, you do? Come yeah, on, yeah. Let's do it. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's and it's like that for a lot in 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 my life. And and people will sit back and just like even people who I'm with, my family, they'll 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 be like, okay, you go try it, and we'll see what happens with you. And then, and then they would, and then once I get to where I need to be, oh, so can you like you yeah, put me down? Yeah, come on now, come, come on, on, man. Yeah, I, but most people are like that. They wanna they they use us to put our feet in the water to see if it's cold, and we jump all the way in and be like, no, that's all right. Yeah. Oh, that's they. they oh, okay, I can get in now. Yeah. They don't got the courage. They don't got the balls to just. Take on certain challenges and just challenge shit and just go ahead and just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I got you. And I think it's also very important that you not be so emotionally attached to the outcome, right? Like, meaning, and I tell people this all the time, the worst they can say is no, or the worst they can say is this, but oftentimes what ends up happening is, the people are so shocked that I asked that or that I did that. They don't know how to react, so they don't react. They 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 literally don't. It's it's uh uh uh, uh you can't do that. Why not? Uh uh uh, uh you know. And I did it a thousand times <laughs> yeah. before you even told me I couldn't do it. That's yeah. the crazy part. I didn't did it mad times already. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, I want to talk about the businesses, right? Because. You've you started some businesses. You've scaled some businesses. Did mm-hmm. you know what to do? What exactly were the steps when you started on your endeavors? Um. Well, the first I want to say the first business that I actually started was the business of me being a basketball player. I got cut my junior and senior year in high school because I moved from the Bronx back to Syracuse, and I had to show my talents and let them know that I'm one of them ones. Yeah. So I, you know, eventually I had to reach out to send a spam of emails to different coaches on the JUCO level and let them know, listen, I ain't got no film. I don't got no resume. I got cut in ninth grade, 10 years, but I'm nice. Take a chance on me. And I had to wait for those emails back and I had to choose, you know, how I was going to be able to you know, yeah. maneuver and get that opportunity that I, that I, that was taken from me. You right. feel me? And that was the first, I feel like in correlation to when you really putting something out there, that was the first thing for me, just going after those schools, trying to let them know I got some talent, I can help your team. And then um, 
when I started OT Jai Sportswear, that was after, because um, I, I got a sister, she passed away from lupus. Mm. And that was after she passed away. And I literally, it just came out of nowhere. I would have never saw myself having a brand. But I said, I want to, I want to, I want to make clothes for us. I want to make athleisure for us. There's Nike, there's Adidas, there's Under Armour. I want to be that for us. And I want to be able to sponsor my guys. Because I got a lot of dudes that's, that's playing overseas. They all athletes. They doing their thing. I want to be able to give them clothes and stuff that they could wear under their uniform and garments that they could sweat in and do their thing in. You know what I mean? Because... It's ours. Yeah. I don't, you know, I want to wear my stuff when I play. I want to be a represent, I want to represent for what I know. Right. You know what I mean? So I was kind of like, that was kind of like the initial mindset, you know, to go into that. And then I kind of learned as I go how to get the garments, where to go to get the garments, um, how to make a logo, um, who to go to to make the logo for you, the idea of it. Um, kind of like, I kind of went. Like learned yeah. as I go, like different fabrics, working with this kind of cotton and this this polyester, and you know how can that fit? Looking at you know other brands, trying to figure out what makes them successful. How can I kind of you know take on a little bit of that, but put my own twist to it? And I was just learning as I go with with OG. I ain't gonna lie. I call that learn while you earn. Mm-hmm. Learn while you earn. You know, and just to contrast. Most people, like, I feel like people have great ideas. Like, they have great ideas. They have visions. It's been put in their heart to do something. But then all the questions seep in. Well, how do I do that? What do I do? Where do I need to go first? Like, even when you were talking about basketball and you were like, you sent that email out and you were spamming those emails accounts, I can hear people already asking, well, what did you put in the email? How did you get the email addresses to to send it to? What did you, you know, what was the exact first step? You, and and do those types of thoughts ever go through your head, or is it just like I'm gonna do this because I'm because I'm a very tunnel vision person in the sense of I only look at what's next. Man, we got a lot of common, bro. Yeah, like we got. A I lot only of look common, at bro. what's next. I ain't gonna lie, man. I don't care. Dumb questions don't ever come up in my brain. For yeah. real, I learned as I earned. Like you said, this mm-hmm. photography thing, I never, I mean, you, everybody's a photographer if you got an iPhone. But when I go, when I started and I go to these spots and I go talk to these owners and I take pictures of the, of the community and show love to the community and I'm trying to figure out how to work this camera and get people at their angles and, and figure out how to work with the lighting and the art. Of the of the picture and the photography, I'm learn like I'm literally like I'm trying to figure out my identity behind this lens because everybody's different. Everybody, you might do like pictures of, of a desert and uh, pictures of, of of buildings and stuff like that. But I started with the people, and it's great practice. It's great practice, and I'm learning because I I didn't I didn't think I was gonna be a photographer, bro. But yeah. I said, you know what? I'm about to make this thing. I'm about to make this thing lit. Yeah. I'm about to figure it out. If I make mistakes, I'm gonna go back tomorrow and do it again. I'm gonna edit the pictures and and make sure I you know do my thing or or I might not use. I might figure out how to work with this light and use a flash. I'm just I'm just 
it's 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 every day. You gotta find your identity. Right. You know, some people be telling me, go on YouTube, learn this, that, and the third, da, da, da. I gotta learn me first with this. Yeah. I gotta learn me first with this. My angle, my sleight of hand, the way I push that button, how I'm bringing in the people, how I'm getting people to even react to me. You know what I mean? How I could get them to kind of, you know, have be comfortable behind the camera, show them love, talk to them, mm. you know, make them feel comfortable. And they it's 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 like that for everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? People got this, they gotta have this whole little checklist of how they gotta do this, that, and the third. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Because, you know, people prepare for things that may not necessarily even appear. And I was just talking to one of my coaching students earlier today, and we were role playing because she wants to get better at selling and cold calling. So we were role playing. And I could tell she kept looking down at this binder or some piece of the paper and she was trying to find like, okay, what do I say next? What do I say next? And I told her to close it. I said, stop, stop trying to find the next move and just have a conversation with me. Because if you're sitting there, think about this. You're driving somewhere. It's pitch black. It's dark outside. You got your headlights on. Right. You know that your drive is probably like a three hour drive. Right. So, you know, you got a long way to go and you got your headlights on. What all can you see? You can't see the full three hours. You can't see the destination. All you can see is what's in front of you being lit up by those headlights. Mm -hmm. But as entrepreneurs and business people, we try to see every curve, every hill, every light we try to see everything on this route mm -hmm. when we're meant to only see what's in front of us mm -hmm. that's how it works and when you start doing things like that i feel like you get much further because then it's not so much like oh i didn't prepare for this so mm -hmm. i'm at a standstill it's more so like okay I got here. Do I want to turn left or do I want to turn right? Uh, let's try right. It didn't work. Okay, I'm gonna go left now. Go back. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's how I operate. But that's that's what babies go through, bro. Exactly. That's what when you a when you a baby, babies will fall down, get back up, take one two steps, fall down, get back up. Babies will grab a toy, and look at it, put it in their mouth, look at it some more, go like this, hit it on the floor. Like babies are like that. So why, as you get older. You're losing this. Mm. You know what I mean? Children, like I, I taught swimming for 10 years. And I see how babies are in the water. Some of them are a little bit scary. Some of them want to test out the water. Some of them want to taste it. Whatever. Some of them just don't give a damn. They just, yeah. <laughs> whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is great because now they don't have a fear for water. It's easier to teach them. But when we're, when we are born, that's how we are. Mm. For real. Yeah. Don't eat that. Now we getting them. Now we giving them the rules. Don't eat that. Don't you can't do that. Yeah. Stop that. But the you just learning. It's part of your cognitive, your development. You're learning. You're trying to figure out what this is, what you could do with it, and that's how we learn. That's how you know what's spicy, what you could put on your food. Our society is very advanced. We are very, being a, a human being, we 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 our. We're very in much in conflict as human beings, but we are very smart. But we place this on each other. Yeah. How do you know 
creatively what to do with this so that our society can function. How do you know if this is food or not? How do you know if this is poison or not? There's somebody out there that had the courage, the boss, to do it, and then you like, yeah, yeah I'm not, I ain't yeah, about to mess yeah. with that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, snap, that's poison ivy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I ain't about to, okay. yeah, watch that. You know what I mean? Like, but how that's would like, you know? Yeah. How would you know if the stove is hot if you don't put your hand on it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to segue into something because you actually have a liquor brand or an alcohol. Um, and a couple years ago, we had on the show Trey Feist. He's the founder of Dank Vodka. And he's spoken at the Do The Most Conference a couple of times. Um, and, and I remember having him on when he first started the brand and man, he's he's out there like grassroots hustling, building his vodka brand. That's the best way to Oh market. my gosh, like the best way. And yeah. So, I want you to talk about that like like tell us about it, your journey, what makes it great, just all that. Man. So, I had this friend and um you know, cuz in New York City they call it the the nutcracker. So they get these little milk carton bottles and they throw in this concoction of alcohol, but they use stuff like Everclear and like all the cheap alcohol. Which you can afford at and, the time. You know, <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever. And then yeah. they, you know, they make it whatever, whatever. But I saw this girl who's a good friend of mine. Um, and she, you know, was doing it, and I was just like, you can brand this. Like you can literally make this like a brand you know what i mean and i just you know let her you know i she was like she was with it and you know i i gave it a whole identity like you it's not just a nutcracker we're going to use the best alcohol we're going to label the bottles and we're going we're going to make this we're going to make this shake i'm going to go to harlem i'm going to go to the bronx i'm going to go to all the events i'm going to go to the beach and we're going to start with that and then um I suggested that we have multiple flavors. So you you know, so you might have a bottle with hypnotic and henny in it, you might have a bottle with Ciroc and Patron in it, or you might have a bottle with Ciroc, Patron and Hypnotic in there. Mm. You know what I mean? But, but a combination. Yeah. <laughs> right. But when you when we add our juices and our and our flavors in there, you can't taste it. Mm. Dangerous. So when you when you sip it, it's like, oh Yeah. <laughs> Oh, let me take another sip. No, this sounds like a recipe for disaster. Listen, it listen. But I they, kind of want one. I'm not gonna lie. They listen, man. When I used to, I used to love that response though. When they take that first sip, and I look at them, and they take that, they take that second sip, and they go, "Yeah, yeah, what's in this? Yeah, what's in this? <laughs> what you said was in this." Henny, yeah. hypnotic, this, you feel me? Even the and, what? And they like, wow, this is good. And you got fruits in here too. Oh, all natural. You got a snack in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. I used to just make bottles all night, freeze them. I I I, I would go to Dykeman, Coney Island, downtown Manhattan, all the events in the Bronx, and they just show mad love. And then I, you know, I got entrepreneur like mentors in New York City too, guys that own restaurants since the eighties. And I'm like, how did you how like how are you still here? You stood the test of time in Manhattan. I need to know your formula. So eventually I started to, you know, 
after the labels and being out there, I started to upgrade it. I put, I made sure I had shrink bands on them to preserve them. I got napkins with the logo on the bottle, straws. Um, I I I I stretched it to be um to to have a a, a TAC brand, so I started to extract TAC, put it in the bottle. So now you got a crossfade because some people so because I was just like some people would be like, well, I mean, I don't drink. I, I'm a smoker. I'm like, yeah. how can I get to that customer? Mm-hmm. Get I I met a friend. They had the little machine. Put the TAC extracted, you know it was, you know it just got legal in New York. So oh wow, okay. It ain't, it ain't, that ain't about nothing. Throw it in there. Now you got a crossfade. Now you got this TAC that you can't taste in this bottle, and it's delicious. Have a good time. Have a good night. Wow, wow. Oh man, so much with this. I want you to paint this picture right quick because you mentioned going to these different places, Coney Island. You was in the Bronx. You was you was going around. What were you doing? Like, did you have a a stand, a cart, a, a cooler? Mean, a, cooler a cooler with wheels on it. Cooler with wheels on it. Cooler with wheels on it. Yo, you drinking today? Yeah, I'm drink. Open the cooler. What's that? What you got? So this is OG drinks. This is my flavor. This is the what's that one? What's that one called? And I gave them all names. Okay, what's in there? This got da da da. da. How much is it? Fifteen for the sixteen ounce, ten dollars for the ten ounce. Mm. Two, two for two for twenty or whatever. Yeah, I give them yeah, a little yeah. a little deal, whatever, and they'd be like, "Okay, yeah, let me, yeah, I, you know, whatever, whatever." And they drink and they'd be like, "Oh, this is good." Yeah, you got an Instagram? You got a da 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 da? They they initiate that. Yeah, I got an Instagram. Holla at me. Let me know. I you know I'm I'm outside. Even in the winter time, I'll come deliver whatever whatever. Then it got to the point where I got this company called Thermo Solutions, they're based out of Indiana, they made insulated boxes for me to ship the bottles. Insulated boxes with gel packs so that I could reach people, California, Colorado, this brand. Yeah. I got the boxes at my house right now. And that's that's scaling activity right there. Like Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Literally, making the drinks... Selling them out of a cooler now to shipping nationwide, you know, like and and the reason why I I'm pointing that out, I'm not just trying to show another success story, right? I'm just trying to illustrate how starting out, it doesn't have to be all this and that. Like it just has to be something. Mm-hmm. Like start, just do something. Mm-hmm. Right? I was selling out of a Freaking Fiesta bag. We got this grocery store here called Fiesta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Freaking Fiesta bag. I was selling out of that. It's just starting with something. And even for me with real estate, right? I didn't have a fancy car starting out. Mm-hmm. I didn't have fancy suits. I didn't have anything like that. I didn't even have the knowledge. But I had the license. Mm-hmm. I got that that far. And I know that my license is the same license that all these other realtors have, mm-hmm. right? And it was a start. And that's all it takes. All these all these scaling and other opportunities, when you put that mad hustle behind it like, like you did, that's when those things start presenting themselves. It probably wasn't even on your mind about the, the company in Indiana and the the no. the boxes. Like, mm-hmm. like, but you were out there, you were doing it, somebody noticed that opportunity presented itself. 
That's how all this stuff happens. Mm -hmm. That's how it all happens. Well, the thing is, right? You don't even know what the people like. You right. can't. You as you gotta know. You gotta learn what the people like. You gotta put yourself out there. You gotta get. You gotta be able to take a no. You can't be. You can't do this if you can't handle rejection. Right. You know. And that's how I built it. I was just like, oh, you're not. A, you're not a drinker. How can I get to mm. the people that smoke? So I gotta find a way and create a way to give them that high in the bottle. You're solving a problem that. Most people didn't even think existed, but mm -hmm. now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, that's a problem. Right? Mm -hmm. what, what? And you're solving it. Mm -hmm. Like, who I got to talk to, how I got to do it, you know, let's make it happen. Right. We're going to put it out there and we're going to see what happens. If, if it don't work, it don't work. But you never know. There's a saying um, I learned from um, NBA player, his name is Lou Williams. He said, you never know what you're ready for unless you're in it. Mm. You know? Mm. There was this, um, our guest we had last week, her, her name's Nwani Davis, and she gave this example from her sister of being in grade school, and she said, when you reach the ninth grade, you've done everything that you needed to do to get to the ninth grade. Like, that was what you prepared for. While you're in the ninth grade, you're not learning ninth grade stuff. You're learning what's preparing you for the next level up. And that's the same thing. You know, everybody tries to go from zero to 100 when you, you really should be preparing yourself just for step two. Mm -hmm. Just for step two. Like with suppliers, you're dealing with suppliers on your, probably with your apparel, with your alcohol, with, with all kinds of businesses, right? You don't come out we of the wound knowing. Call them, we call them plugs. Plugs, <laughs> plugs. <laughs> you you dealing with with plugs? <laughs> Cross you gotta the board. have a plug. Yeah, yeah. But you don't you don't wake up one day and know how that interaction is supposed to be and know what's involved in it mm -hmm. and know. You get the plug. You 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 have a conversation with them, and based off that conversation, now you probably figure out. Okay, I need to put this document together. And they was talking about this. I need to look that up. It's many conversations I didn't had that I didn't know what the people was talking about. But I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got that. I'll yeah, get that bro, to you. I didn't, bro, I didn't even know anything about an LLC. I just started a business. I was cash apping. Pay me on cash app. Pay me on PayPal. And they was just like, uh, you need to whatever, whatever. And I said, well, how do I do that? Yeah. Who do I got to talk to? So then I got the LLC. And they talk about business credit. How are you going to get business credit? You need a, you need a, you need a, you need to have a business account connected to your LLC. So I'm taking those steps, step by step, piece by, oh, Dun & Bradstreet. Okay, now I got to get the Dun & Bradstreet. I get the Dun's number, and I got to do this, and I got to get that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just do, 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 do. Same thing. That exact same thing happened with me just trying to lease a copier for my office. Not, not just now, but when I first got my first commercial space, right, and I had agents... And I was like, okay, this this little Office Depot printer ain't going to make it too far, right? Mm -hmm. So I need one of them big copiers. Mm -hmm. And the company was asking for, you know, the LLC and the, the Dunn's number and this and that. And I didn't know what none of that was. Mm -hmm. And so I started researching. Then I started applying. Then I started, mm -hmm. next thing you know, I'm building business credit 
all literally from trying to lease a printer. Yeah. Like, and so you never know yeah. what's going to. And that's good because yeah. now it's, it's you, you got a net 30 account. And, you know, there's companies like Uline that you could do a Net30 account with. And there's like, well, you could do one with like Sam's Club or whatever that you're building business credit from that you're just, you know what I mean? Like, but it's it's a good thing that that company told you that, though. So they think, okay, in order to get for us to do this for you, you got to do this. That's how you learn. But you'll never know until you push yourself out there. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and I'm just glad that it was it was a coincidence for you yeah. that you was able to say, Look, I need this, and I'm gonna go here, and they was able to give you that piece of information in order for you to obtain that, and you took the action to go get what you needed to obtain obtain that. Yep, and I didn't see that on no website saying that that was a requirement or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people they do that. They wanna, man, I'm I'm so organic with everything that I do. I wanna learn from the horse's mouth. Everybody wanna go on YouTube, go on the internet, which is very helpful. I can't front, but. My place of learn, my place of education is from the streets and the people, yeah. and the in the greats. Though that's where I study and that's where I learn from people that's already doing it. They I learn it. It's like you can feel it, smell it, touch it. It's all in your. All those senses are applying to this information that's coming to you. It's better that it's better that way, in my opinion. It's it's very old school. And I'm, I'd rather it be like that. It's even like today's society with the social media thing. Everybody want to find love on social media. But I think it's better if you meet them in person. Yeah. I want to I wanna ask you some controversial questions. Um, because you mentioned being from the hood. Do you feel like your surroundings or being from the hood or even the people around has hurt your come up um i want to say a little like yes and no because you know being from, I, I i grew up in two different environments and you know being from the bronx i think you know um it's when you're the new kid for one when you're the new kid in a new trench that's one thing so you got to prove yourself and it's a lot of naysayers within that but um, uh, like Syracuse, you know, that was tough. It was a little tough, you know, just being different and them, them giving me a hard time because I was from the Bronx and they like, well, you, you, you from Syracuse. I'm like, I'm from the Bronx. Mm. Yeah. Like I'm from New York, like Lincoln Hospital. Like, no, you from Syracuse. Get out of here, man. And I'm 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 gonna go over here and do this, then the third. But my people's in the Bronx. Go ahead, Mike. You know, you you got this. I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? Like when you when you, it's different when those people where you from from like where you was really like born at, and they see that they they it's a different kind of love. Like like my my god brothers and sisters, man. They 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 it's so much love. But in upstate, I had to earn that love. I had to earn that for real. I don't care what nobody. They could be watching this right now, listening to this right now. I earned that. Because if I didn't show no value, being from where I'm from, nobody would even mess with me like that. And that's just a fact. But my people from the Bronx, they was going to mess with me regardless. Because that's where I'm from. We all come from, from the same place. You know, I got 
I got something to parallel that because so I I grew up in Houston. Um, and it's lit in Houston. I ain't gonna lie. That that is so mixy over there. It's 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 where I was born. Me and my brothers, but we lived in this community in Southwest Houston called A Leaf. Not many people know about A Leaf, but you know. It is what it is. That's where I grew up. That was my environment. And I was going down the path of the typical path of people in my environment. You know, um, it got to the point I got put out of school. I got expelled, transferred to another school, um, was getting in trouble, this, that, and the other. And then I ended up moving. One of my aunts ended up taking me in. She lived in Georgia in the, in a, town called Alpharetta, which is north of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. A-Leaf, Alpharetta, two different worlds. Two different worlds. Still the South. Still the South. Still the South, but it, it was very uncomfortable for me. I was, I was in an environment with, and I'm going to just say this, different set of races. Uh, not racist, but races. You know, I grew up in predominantly Hispanic and black, right? And then different ways people talk, different cultures, different Mm -hmm. respect and hospitality. Mm -hmm. Just everything was different. And I felt like an outsider because I was just like, oh, y'all fancy over here, you know? And and I was a little bit rebellious at the beginning because I was just like, nah, I'm... Houston, this ain't this ain't me, you know. Um, and then I was kind of like, okay, y'all got it made over here. What do I gotta do to maintain this? You know, I'm I'm in high school with athletes, kids, celebrities, kids. I was working at Chuck E. Cheese, and that Chuck E. Cheese and Alpharetta, like, just imagine the celebrities that were bringing their kids there for birthday parties and stuff. Like, I'm seeing stuff that I only saw in magazines and just always thought that I could never have that. Like this is celebrity stuff. These houses real, real big. Mm -hmm. I ain't never saw that growing up, but it changed something in me. But then back home, I was also dealing with adversity. Like, Oh, you, you, this, that, and the other now. And then kind of in the school, there was a little bit of adversity there. It was just like, Oh, you not from around here. Cause this is one of those communities where, Everybody, like, they start from elementary school and they've been with the same people all the way up until they graduate just because it was a small town at the time. And so it came from both ways for me. However, that was my, like, new way of seeing the possibilities because I was just kind of like, not y'all ain't shit or nothing, but it's just like, y'all regular people too, you know? And prior to, I had this, oh, those are the untouchables, or that's not meant for us. We just got to look at that from a distance, right? My mentality started to change. I, I, I was that broke kid, but now I was starting to think rich, you know, think rich. And even for my brothers, right, my brother stayed down in Houston. It was just me who, who got sent over there which I'm so thankful for, but it was just just me. So we even at that adolescent age started to have different levels of thinking, Mm -hmm. right? And it was so interesting because 
like we said earlier, like, yeah, it's the mind, but what happens when broke kids start thinking rich, Mm -hmm. you know, how does that happen? What I can't tell you right now, but that's how I can explain it. Broke kids thinking rich. Mm -hmm. Man, you like what you like. You want to, you want to, you want to have that life, you know, you don't, you don't have to be limited to the circumstances that you was born in, bro. You don't have to. But that's what we say. And that's what we hear from teachers and stuff growing up. I think when you're in the environment and like, I know it's like this, you know, down South, it's kind of like, that's a pipe dream. You know, I know that New York is, especially in the city, you know, it's, yeah, you can get after it. You can, you can achieve this down South. For me and what I experienced, it was just like, ah, uh-huh, yeah, laugh about it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it could be hard to break out of that and, like, really know that it's true. Like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. It's like, yeah, you could be what you want to be, do it. And then you get to a certain age, you're like, you ain't going to be no astronaut, boy. Like, go ahead and, and <laughs> you better get these good grades so you can get a scholarship because we can't pay for college if you want to go. So... You gotta go because I'm telling you, you but gotta go. But that's ignorance too, because you got FAFSA, you got financial aid. Even if they ain't got the money, you still take student loans out and go to school. You yeah, know? I mean, you could aim to get a scholarship, but a lot of people aren't that great at school, but still need to go to school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, just go ahead, man. Go ahead, do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. I saw a lot of things that I like too. Like, same thing. I'm that's a nice car. I like that. I like that. I like that fit. Nice. What is that? Oh, that's Gucci. That's Prada. What's that? How much is that? It costs yeah. that much? Yeah. Sheesh. But before you gave me the number, I liked it already. I already knew that shit was it, it was fire. Oh. Like that. Strangle. Yeah. I had a I, I already had a taste for it before I really knew what it was. Before anybody told me, "Oh, yeah, this is what this is, and this is designer." I already had a taste for it. I was like, "This is nice," you know. And I and it's I I think that brand, that business, for presenting their product in such a manner to catch my eye naturally. You feel me? Oh, that's yeah. that's tough. But regardless of what. This is how you're talking about, because sometimes it's not even even what you wear, it's how you wear it. Mm-hmm. But I like that. That's that's tough. And I like the influence that I was that I got to even look at that and say, oh, that's nice. Because I, I got my influences, my Jim Jones, that's my dog. I like how when I was a when I was a teenager, I used to look up to like Dipset. Mm-hmm. And I like how they style was. Yeah. That influence. And I was like, Oh, I like that. That's fire. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go for that. But even in that moment, you know, something that just popped in my mind is when you admire something, when you like something, you can go left or right with that. It's kind of like, oh, what was the price? I, I ain't going to never have that, but it's nice. Or what I got to do to get that. Exactly. I've always been to what I got to do to get that. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And that's keep the pushing, real love. Keep, keep pushing the limits. Keep pushing them limits, man. Like, why should you be limited to something 
you never know what you're ready for unless you're in it. Just go for it. You don't even know. Like that. You might not even like it once you get it, but you gotta put you gotta try it to yeah. know it. And you I might be like, that. Eh, it ain't even that. Oh, serious. this all it is. Oh, okay. um, oh she yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, y'all was hyping her up and I and then I got her. And she ain't even know all that. Right, right. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, but you never know. Yeah. But God, God gave you that vision. God gave it to you, and you need to see it through. And I'm I'm so thankful and just blessed that he spoke to me in this manner. And he came in my body, in my mind, and he gave me when I opened my eyes for the first time and I saw the world, that I was able to to maneuver in this manner. And I'm I'm just gonna keep going. And I, I encourage everybody to do the same. And I'm glad we have that in common for real. Beautiful. Because it's 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 critical. Absolutely. It is vital. Absolutely. So where can people connect with you, keep the conversation going, follow your brands? Where's the best place? Man, Instagram, okay. Facebook, Twitter, my phone number, 718. <laughs> Don't get your phone number out. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, call me. I got two phones. Call me. We could chop it up. Let me know. I'm outside. I'm here, man. I'm I'm. I'm just doing what God is speaking to me to do. And I respect people. And I've moved around a lot. I've, I'm I'm Garifu now. My family's from Honduras, Guatemala. My sister's father's from Ghana. You know, I've been exposed to so much culture and different people and the way things are with different cultures. And I found all commonality with all that. Mm. We got to have you back. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, appreciate y'all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being so open and just letting it flow, like mm-hmm. sharing what was in your head. Um, definitely check the show notes and check the comments for his links, the descriptions. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't yet. Share it with somebody who may need to hear this. But other than that, we will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to the Power Unit Success Cast. If you're excited about what you just experienced, make sure to subscribe. Also, leave us a rating if something you heard resonated with you. And feel free to share your thoughts about this episode on Instagram. See you next week.